Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Um, we're going to talk about sin. Um, happy face or sad face? A little bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Um, today's rubbish day in our place and um, we're going to take out the rubbish uh, going to clean the fridge out because there's some stuff at the back of there. You're excited now. Um, there's stuff at the back there which is going mouldy and, and funky, fungal and stuff like that. What do you do with sin? It's rubbish. What do you do with it? You take it out. Yeah, and God has made a way for us to do that. A couple of weeks ago, Nicole spoke about uh, peace and she said that uh, peace is at the forefront. It's one of the fruits that we have. Um, in, in the presence of God, because of God's favour upon our life, we come to this place of peace. It's a byproduct of being redeemed by the blood of Jesus and being restored into a right relationship, the one that God always intended for us to be. And we're in the presence of God, we are in the presence of perfect peace. In the Hebrew, it's a much more holistic, encompassing word, shalom. When Jesus rose from the dead and when he appeared to the apostles, he said, shalom, peace. Peace be with you, my shalom. And that's one of the, the, the privileges and the fruits we have as we walk with God. And it speaks of harmony. Speaks, this is our heritage. This is what we have. If it's something I want to do this afternoon, I want to just remind us uh, that we, we, we don't need to be striving. We don't need to be going after. We, and we, sometimes we feel like we're falling short of what God requires of us. Uh, that's not the case because his peace is with us and it speaks of wholeness, completeness, prosperity, body, soul and spirit, tranquility, soundness, health, completeness and safety. Uh, that's God's promise to us and that's God's reality and that's the truth we have because of, we walk in the blessing of the blood of Jesus Christ. But we also know we have an enemy who roams around and he's intent on three things, the devil and all his cohorts, uh, and, and intent on three things, to rob, to kill and destroy, to rob you of your peace, to kill the peace that's within you, and to destroy the peace that's there. And the most frequent common strategy he will use will be temptation and trials. And we're frail, we're humans. We're fragile and we're frail and we live in a fallen world and there's still some of that sin nature in us. So don't be surprised if you will succumb to that temptation and that trial. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it comes on you and you didn't realise. You know, like when someone comes in the room and starts bad-mouthing the boss and you join in. And then when you leave the room you go, oh, I didn't mean to do that, I didn't think about that. You know? Sometimes it's just happening and you're not aware of it. You're an angry person. You don't think you are. But if you ask your wife or you ask your husband or you ask some of the people you work with, you'll find out that you actually are. Sometimes we're just falling short. We don't even know about it. Sometimes it does happen suddenly. Sometimes we know it's wrong before we do it. Like when you're filling out your tax form, you know, and you want to fudge a little bit. You know it's wrong before you do it. You know it's wrong while you're doing it, and you're going to do it anyway. You know, we fall into all those different categories in all different types and combinations thereof. And so if we, fall, we, we fall into that place of 
distancing ourselves from God. Nicole spoke the other day that one of the things that will rob you of your peace is sin. Because sin, ungodly thoughts, ungodly actions will separate us from God. And before we know it, we're living, we're in that place of darkness and it's the opposite of peace. What's the opposite of peace? There's anxiety, there's worry, there's frustration, there's all sorts of anger maybe going on. There's a dis-ease. Yeah, we don't quite happy with who we are and we're not quite happy with how we're thinking and what's going on. So this afternoon, I think we need to do a little bit of housekeeping. We need to do a little bit of domestic chores. We've got to take the rubbish out. And as much as sin is, um, uh, I don't want to trivialise what sin is because Jesus paid a big price for it, but we do need to remember that sin has been dealt with and it no longer has any power in our lives. So we can take the rubbish out and God has made a way for us to do that. So I'm going to speak out of Psalm 32, which is called a Psalm of Confession. And it gives us a way that we can pray through life's trials when we fail. Anyone ever failed? Yep. Anyone fail again and again and again? Yep, okay, cool. How do you maintain your relationship with God when you're trying to follow Jesus and you blow it? And you blow it again and you blow it again. What's the way that God has made for us so that restoration and wholeness is possible? How do you process real experiences of failure before God, others itself, and yet you come out the other side feeling free and confident? God knows we're in a fallen world. He knows we're fragile and, he's, and, and we will fail, and he's taken that into account. He's given us the, 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 the blood of Jesus that sets us free from, and, and restores us. So it's a prayer, it's a, it's, it's a psalm of confession. And we would, if I say, oh, use this happy, sad face again. If I say confess, happy, sad, happy face or sad face? Who goes happy face? Who goes sad face? Confess. No hands are going up, so it's a bit of both. Most people go sad face because we're dealing with guilt, we're dealing with um, sorrow, we're dealing with remorse, we're dealing with regret. And really today is the, the, the second part of a something of a series because a couple of weeks ago, last time I preached this, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So it's got to be something coming out of our mouth. Jesus is the high priest of and confess just means to tell the truth. And really, if I simplify it, there's two people we want to tell the truth about. One is God. So last time I preached, I said, the things coming out of our mouth, we want to be confessing the truth about God. We want to declare his holiness. We want to declare his his righteousness. We want to declare that he's sovereign. We want to make sure that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. What's coming out of our mouth? We want to tell the truth about God. That's why we do praise and worship. It's so important for us. We also want to tell the truth about us. That truth can go either way. God has made it possible for us to go, I'm righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm holy because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in me. However, before we get to there, we could actually do a little bit of housekeeping every now and then. Because we are fallen, we are frail, and we want to keep short accounts with God. We need to deal with the sin that's in our life and not leave it in that Tupperware in the back of the fridge going fungal 
right? We want to take it out. We want to do it regularly. So let's look at Psalm 32, which is the Psalm of Confession. From the NIV, we're going to read it from two versions, the NIV and the Passion, because the Passion is just much more um, much more plain in its language. But let me, I like the NIV, so I'm going to read from that. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sins. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. And it goes on a little bit more. And this psalm, which is about confessing sin, ends up like a little bit of a ski jump in verse 11. So therefore, Trust in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Happy face or sad face? Happy face. God has dealt with the sin in our life. We don't trivialise it, but we don't give it any power over us that it used to have. And we break its power by bringing it into the light and by confessing it to God. Same psalm, the Passion Translation, a little bit more plain speaking. How happy and fulfilled are those? Who wants to be happy and fulfilled? Here's the secret. Whose rebellion has been forgiven? Those whose sins are covered by blood. How blessed and relieved. Who wants to be blessed and relieved? For uh, who have confessed their corruption to God. For he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. Before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life. It caused my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish and anguish and misery. Sometimes if we don't deal with the sin and be honest with us, with God, sorry, it, it works its way in us. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. My strength was sapped, my inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my Soul. Sometimes our issues with our walk with God or with our natural walk is that we need to deal with the sin. When was the last time you went down the corridor, closed the door, sat on your bed with God and said, God, here I'm, this is what I'm feeling, here are my sins, this is where I'm falling short. In Isaiah, God says to Isaiah, come, come, let's sit down, let's talk, let's reason. And I will make your sins as though they are red, as though they are white. It's an invitation for God to go, from God to say, come on, let's talk. Then I finally admitted to you all my sins. I refused to hide them any longer. I said, my life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions and you forgave me. And all at once the guilt of my sin washed away and all my pain disappeared. Forgiveness. This is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God and do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. 
For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you'll be kept safe. Verse 10. My conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, His wraparound love will surround you. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows His kindness to everyone who is His. So go ahead. Shout for joy, all you upright ones who want to please Him. Why are we shouting for joy? Why are we walking with the heart of celebration? Because God forgives every sin in our hearts and in our lives. God restores us. His heart is for us. So, with all that psalm in your head, because I'm not going to read it again, what word does it begin with? Who can you remember? Begins with the word blessed. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who look at their sins and uncover them before God and present them to God. What does blessed mean? We looked it up. Google. What does it mean to be blessed? Came up with these things. You are in an enviable position. If I say, oh, that person's blessed, what do you think? Oh, they got it all together. They got the house, they got the car, they got the family. Everything's going well. Look at their Instagram page. Those people, he is blessed. They're living the life. Psalm 32 says, let me read you some other blessed words. Uh, God's favour is on you. Joy abounds and peace overflows. You are in a state of well-being. You have been made holy and you have been consecrated. You are blessed. Oh, the life set up for the one who is blessed. What does Psalm 32 say? The person who is blessed, the person who has the life set up, the person who has it going for them, is this person. The person who knows that they're deeply flawed. The person who has a realistic view of themselves and knows, you know, there are parts of me, what I think, do, how I act, uh, that are not okay. The person who knows that need forgiveness, the person who knows to, to uncover and confess them to God and knows they have forgiveness. That's the blessed life. What's the person who, who, is, who is God saying is blessed? The person who understands their failure, knows they're not okay, knows they need forgiveness and knows that they have forgiveness. There's two things we need to be careful of. Um, we don't be walking in the territory where it goes, yeah, I've examined myself and I'm pretty, I'm okay actually. I, I can't think of anything, anything that's, you know, I mean, you, know, you don't want to be that sort of person. And you also don't want to be the opposite person, which is, I can never be forgiven. You don't know what I've done. And I, God can never forgive me. We don't want those two. We want a realistic view that as fallen, as frail, as fragile humans living in a fallen world, sin is going to be a part of our lives. But God has given us the door to deal with that. It's called confession. Don't keep it to yourself. Bring it out in the open. Put it all on the table. Speak the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness is, is there. And that's how we deal with it. So there's two things there. There's our part that we recognise who we are, that we confess what we need to confess, and we uncover what we need to uncover. And there's God's part. We can be confident that God will hear us, 
and will forgive us. That part is a given. That first part is something we need to remind ourselves of and we need to be active and confident about what we're doing. Because it's our human nature to cover ourselves up. We go back to Adam and Eve. When they fell, they had the choice. Will I honour God and will I let, uh, let uh, him draw the lines in my life? The knowledge of don't eat from them, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or am I going to go, yeah, God, now nah, I'm doing this. Right? And I will decide for myself. I am going to be autonomous. I am going to be independent. And I will decide what is good and what is evil. And of course, they, they fall. What's the first thing that happens? God comes into the garden and says, where are you? The first thing they do is hide. The second thing, thing they do is cover themselves. Yeah? I mean, Cole talked about it the other week. One of the things that will rob us of our peace is sin because it separates us from God. And so I cover, because I there's things about me I don't want you to see. That's why clothes are good. Right? <laughs> if you want to dehumanise someone, take their clothes away from them. Because there are things, you, you lose control over what people see of you. How comfortable would you be if you walked into the room and someone's on your phone scrolling? How comfortable would you be? Not very comfortable because there's some things in there you might not want people to see. What if I stuck your browse history up? What if we had a little, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but you know how they tell stories about in the final judgment, everyone's going to sit down and watch the movie of, of all your thoughts and all your... Anyone else? I don't know about that. But we don't like that, do we? We, we want to cover ourselves, which is okay. I think that's sensible with other people. You know? Although sometimes you do need someone you can be intimate with. And intimate's not a... It's a good word. Intimacy. Intimacy. We want intimacy with God. We want intimacy, God. You can have it all. Adam and Eve, what's the fruit of sin? They covered themselves. We want to uncover ourselves. We want to let God in on every thought, every action, every intent of our heart, every regret, every pain, every whatever, because we want to be close with him and give him access to all that we are. We want God in our secret place. We want to be able to say, my creator knows me truly. I'm not hiding anything from him. We want to clean the fridge out. And the psalmist tells us what happens if we don't. If we bottle it up, if we hide it, if we keep ourselves covered, that sin works like poison in our lives. And it'll lead us away, it'll ruin us, and it'll block us from enjoying God's presence and enjoying his blessings. So what we do? Well, Psalm 32 gives us the way to deal with us and gives us the language. In verse 5, it tells us, do this. Acknowledge your sin. Number two, uncover. Don't cover up your sin. And number three, confess your sin. So if I'm dealing with my sin before God, this is how I come to him. God, I acknowledge that I have fallen short. 
I love using Bible words. I acknowledge God, I have fallen short. Lord, I, I, I reveal to you that I have been lazy. Lord, I reveal to you that I have been full of lust. Lord, I reveal to you that I have been envious. Lord, I reveal to you that I'm carrying unforgiveness and bitterness here. Lord, and you name them. I've got a list of sins. Do you want me to name them? No, I don't. What about my self-esteem? Gotta find it. Here we are. These are just from Romans 3 and Galatians 5, just to maybe you might tick one of these boxes, I don't know. Deceit, bitterness, cursing, lying, disobedience, greed, fear, debauchery, there's a good old fashioned word, jealousy, anger, witchcraft, sexual morality, slander, discord, whatever. Unforgiveness, I think I mentioned that one. We need to bring it out, name them. We can be confident that if we acknowledge our sin, if we uncover, God knows they're there anyway. If we uncover them, if we confess them, that he will do this. He will go, ha ha, gotcha. I got you to confess now, take the punishment. No. Does he go, hmm, okay, let me think about that for a while and I'll come back to you. We don't live with that uncertainty. We don't live with that unsureness, that's the word. What we do live is with the confidence that God is faithful, that he is good, that he loves us, that he welcomes us. So we don't have to concern ourselves with what sort of response or reaction are we going to get. The response and the reaction we are going to get is, I will cover your sins. I will forget your sins. I will forgive your sins. So we walk away with that encounter with God, clean, holy, restored, renewed, forgiven. We are not called to live a perfect life. If you are striving to live a perfect life, to please God, then you're never going to get it all together. We are called to be forgiven people and to walk in that forgiveness. And it can last for a while, but every now and then we've got to go and do the housekeeping. Every now and then we've got to go back and go, God, here's my heart. This is what is going on. Help me. Psalm 32, we, we can't get to it because, but it talks about the, the horse and the donkey. Don't be like a donkey. You know, confess your sins and I will forgive you. Don't be like a donkey right, who's controlled by the bit and will only do, you know, where the bit causes it pain. So I'm going to lie, all right? So I go over here. I lie again. Oh, I'm sorry. So here I come back. All right. Thank you, God. You forgive me. Oh, I lie again. And so on we go. See, you're, you're being controlled by the pain and the guilt and the regret. You're going around again. It says, don't be like a donkey. Says, come and I will show you the way to live. We want forgiveness, but then we want to be close with God. We want to learn His ways. We want to be churchgoers. Speaking to the converted here, we want to be in praise. We want to be. We want to read His Word, and God will teach us. So we're not doing that, you know, because sometimes what you're doing, you, you, you want God to reveal what's going on. 
If I lie on my tax form, yeah, lie's great, okay? But I'm lying because I'm anxious. I'm lying because I'm fearful. I'm lying because I don't trust God. I'm lying because I'm... It's not the lies one thing, but there's a whole other level of sin growing on that God wants us to explore. So we don't want to be trivial or glib about our confession. We want to confess it. We certainly want to appreciate that who we are and, and, and what we have in terms of forgiveness has come at a price. It's come at the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me read you this one from 1 John. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and he is just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You are righteous, you are pure because you confess your sins and God is faithful. If we claim we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is on our side. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. So it's a wonderful thing that we can rely upon. God's forgiveness. And that act of confession means that our guilt and our shame is replaced with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. And our confession, our uncovering, our exposing of our heart to God and our confessing of our sin makes that exchange possible. And don't go down this rabbit hole. I don't feel forgiven. Maybe I'm not sorry enough. Don't go down that rabbit hole. Because you'll forget the forgiveness that is available to us is not dependent on you and your feelings. The whole thing rests upon the cross of Jesus Christ. The basis of your confession and forgiveness is not how sorry you feel, although that's good. It's because of what Jesus has done for me that I could not do for myself on the cross. Thanks, Father. So let's sit in that for a moment and take your communion because this is so important for us that God gave us emblems to remind us. Jesus Christ on the cross. 
And I know working our way through sin can be challenging, can, can take a while, but I want our takeaway this afternoon to be unforgiven. I want our takeaway this afternoon to be I can be confident in the presence of God. Hebrews 10 says, therefore, we've got boldness to come into his presence. The boldness is not because I've ticked boxes and I'm so good. We can be bold because we are forgiven. Doesn't matter what you've done, there is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot cover. There is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot defeat and break. And so here this afternoon, we're going to come to communion and I believe that burdens will be lifted. There's going to be a drawing of a dawning of a new day and smile and joy will return to your hearts this afternoon. I feel like there's been an oppression, you've been striving, you've been thinking you have to please God and you keep failing and you keep failing and you spiral down. God has given us a way to cut through all of that. That's not God's way. That's the devil's way. God's way is you confess your sins, come and tell me and I will forgive you. You are forgiven. You are made whole. Let me read this to you from Hebrews and then we'll take that communion, spend some time with God. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You don't sit down until the job's done. Job's done. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I don't know how God does that. We are perfect forever and we are being made holy at the same time. The Holy Spirit testifies to this about this. He says, this is the covenant I will keep with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. And here we are. And their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. When you come to confess, when you come to uncover, God covers them and forgets them. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. For where there has been forgiveness, sacrifice for sin, no longer is necessary. Therefore, from Romans, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are relieved of the burden of sin. When you come and confess, when you are honest to God, the burden, the power, the poison of sin is broken in your life. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but forgiveness, holiness, righteousness, and love. And that's what God clothes you with.
That's what God clothes you with. For our sake, but also for the sake of the people who are in your world, God's answer are believers who are firm, who are planted in the truth of God. So as we come now, can we take a little bit of time for you to have conversation with God just to begin it because you're going to go home and this might take a little bit more time. Father, we come to you and we are here joined together because of the gift of the body and the blood of your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you make this possible our forgiveness, our holiness, and our righteousness, that you have paid for all of our sin on the cross. And so we come now according to your word and we ask for forgiveness. Lord, we acknowledge our sin. Lord, we let you in. Have your way. We are honest right now before you. And we confess. Thank you, Jesus. We confess. We confess. forgiveness, we receive wholeness, we receive restoration, strength and power and righteousness. Church, let's eat and drink now. Receive this as a blessing. Lord, create in me a clean heart and restore a right spirit. Create in us, Lord, clean hearts, restore a right spirit in us, we pray. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us revelation of what is in our heart what is in your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.